course, so if you have a young person you'd rather have them in kids' camp, you know, wander them on over there, right? All right, we have been uh, in a series the last couple of weeks about uh, First Peter, so while I'm doing the introduction, uh, folks that brought your Bibles, this is the time you flip open to uh, First Peter and uh, get to First Peter uh, 2, if you will. And uh, in these weeks, we've been uh, letting Peter, Peter really speak to us and uh, teach us about how to deal with difficult situations, difficult days. Uh, and so our first uh, step was to talk about what our attitude ought to be in those difficult situations. And then last week, we uh, followed that up with talking about what our uh, actions uh, ought to be and stepping out and taking action in spite of the, uh, in spite of the difficult days. Now, Today we move onward and uh, we get to a difficult word. Um, it's a word we Americans don't really uh, feel a whole lot of comfort with. It is the word submission. Today it's about choosing submission. You see, it kind of runs in the face of we Americans because we are those people that, uh, well, after all, we're revolutionaries, right? Uh, and submission is difficult for us. We, we just have a hard time with that whole thing. And yet today, that's exactly what Peter is going to call us to, is to be the people of God first and submit. Uh, this always happens to me when I'm uh, meeting with a young couple and they're, they're uh, you know, preparing for marriage and I take them into the scriptures and, and we look at uh, you know, Paul in Ephesians or we look here at 1 Peter and you know it's going to come up today, ladies, so just get ready for it. Um, and, you know, you read there in Ephesians where Paul says, you know, wives, submit to your husbands. And every time we read that verse, uh, I notice the body language of, of the young woman. And you know what happens, right? We get a little stiff. We get squirmy. We sit up straight. You can just tell the hairs go back up, the back of the neck go up, you know. And it's like, all right, going to give me that one, huh? You know, I mean, that's kind of the way we feel around that, that word, I think, a lot of times. It's just a difficult thing. But you've got to understand, that word is one of the most important words for we who follow Christ. That act, attitude and action of submission is absolutely vital to us. Why? Because that's where our life in Christ starts. You hear that? That's where our life in Christ starts. It starts when we absolutely, utterly, totally surrender and put ourselves in absolute, utter submission to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Amen? You see the difference? That's where it starts. This is such a crucial word for us because it starts our life in Christ, the new life, the powerful life, the incredible life He has for us starts with, I am going to totally submit everything that I am and everything that I have to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then submission naturally flows into our daily experience and our relationship. This is what Peter wants us to understand. What he's asking of us today in 1 Peter is taking that principle of submission in Christ and applying it into those situations and relationships in our life, especially when it is most difficult. Especially when it is most difficult. And this is what he calls us to, what the gospel calls us to, because of who we are in Christ. Let me prove that to you. 
we're going to just back up a few verses. You heard these verses last week, uh, but they're kind of the setup for uh, understanding this life of submission. And it comes out of the, starts with the 11th verse there in uh, 1 Peter 2. So we're going to cheat and back up a little bit. If you look at the 11th verse, it says, Dear friends, you are foreigners and strangers on this earth. We talked about that, right? Remember, this isn't our home. This is not what we're about. We're about the kingdom of heaven. And, uh, you know, we live here and we extend the kingdom here, but we got something greater in store. He says, so I beg you not to surrender to those desires that fight against you. Now, this is an important verse. The word surrender is in there. You see it? But what does he want us not to surrender to? Our old way of life, right? All the temptations, all the stuff that goes with not following Christ, right? So if you're not surrendering to those things, what he's calling us to surrender to is following Christ. See the difference? Don't surrender to that stuff. No, don't surrender to the old way of life. Don't surrender to the way of the world. Don't surrender to all those temptations out there. Instead, stay surrendered to your relationship of Jesus Christ as Lord. Okay? Always let others see you behaving properly, even though they may still accuse you of doing wrong. So our submission attitude goes into submission action where we just submit to do whatever it is God wants us to do. We behave properly, and that's our witness, right? And how important is our witness? Then on the day of judgment, they will honor God by, God, honor God by telling the good things they saw you do. Now, notice in that verse it says, They who watch you, how you behave, how you submit and do these good things, they will honor God. What's key about that? These are people who have received Christ because of you. They're there honoring God. right? These aren't people who are off somewhere, still stuck in the power of the evil one. They're people who are standing before God, and they're honoring God. Why? Because they're telling God, man, they came to faith because they watched everything you do. How important is our submission to the Lordship of Christ in doing all the things that we do for him? It could mean the salvation of somebody you know. You hear that? You can make the difference with somebody you know of whether they experience the kingdom of heaven forever. And all that bleeds now, all of that pours into understanding how this submission works in our daily life, especially in those most difficult of times. You ready to go? All right, new material. The first observation is to understand that Peter wants us to get that this life of submission, this submitting, is, is a way in which we silence the world and we stand apart from the world so others can understand who God is in our life. It comes this way. Starting at verse 13, it says, The Lord wants you to obey all human authorities, especially the emperor who rules everyone. You must also obey governors because they are sent by the emperor to punish criminals and to praise good citizens. Stop there for a minute. Peter just gave you the role of government. Okay? The fundamental role of government, right? They are there to punish who? Criminals, and they are to praise good citizens, right? So the role of government is to look out at all the citizens out there and say, ooh, criminal, punish. And instead, look at the good citizen and say, good citizen, hey, right? See the difference? That's the role. That's what they're supposed to do. And Peter, the scriptures understand that government is a gift 
that God gives us. It's a gift of the order of the world. Why? Because the government's role is to do this. It is to control the chaos and the darkness of the world, criminals, and it is to support and lift up good citizens. Do they do that perfectly all the time? Absolutely not. Especially to the people that Peter was writing to. Remember, Peter's writing to a group of Christians, and these Christians are being persecuted. And who's persecuting them? The emperor, the governors, all those other citizens out there who are loyal to Rome, because Rome has said this group of people, these folks called Christians, who follow this person called the Christ, they are criminals. Peter now lays the groundwork to say, now look, you understand, this is the way government works. It looks at you, and it's trying to decide, are you criminal, or are you good citizen? Right? Then he says, God wants you to silence stupid and ignorant people by doing right. You are free, but still you are good servants. You must not use your freedom as an excuse for doing wrong. Okay, government, criminal, good citizen. Us, what do we hold in the balance? Doing right or doing wrong? You see it? Government, criminal, good citizen. Us, in our submission life, to see to it that we always submit to doing right. You get it? Doing right. Not doing wrong. Now here's the rub. When difficult days come, when it is difficult, how tempting is it when the world gives you an option to get out of the difficult situation? But you know that option means you have to compromise your ethics and your character. How tempting is it to just say, eh, just this one time? What's Peter say? Doing right, home submission, or doing wrong? See, he calls us to be in absolute submission all the time to the doing right. To the doing right. Why? Because when we do right, and we do it openly and honestly, and we do it all the time to the best of our ability and submission to the Lordship of Christ in our life, then who is it going to silence? Stupid and ignorant people. Who's that? The people that are out there looking at us and saying, criminal, good citizen, criminal, oh, criminal. You see, our behavior, when we act in submission to always doing right, it becomes that way in which we silence those accusations against us that are totally false. We prove our goodness by our submission to the Lordship of Christ and doing right. He's telling these early Christians who are being persecuted by the government, listen, the government's not always going to get it right. They're going to mess up because there are evil people in government. But you need to hold on to something higher and something better. You need to hold on to a submission to Jesus Christ that says, look, I am going to follow Christ no matter what it takes. He says, respect everyone and show special love for God's people. Honor God and respect the emperor. We submit. Why? Our submission honors Christ. Our submission honors God. And it quiets 
those who accuse him. You see, what Peter wants to happen, he wants somebody in the, in the government to look at some Christian over there and say, hey, you know, go, go get Joe over there because he's a Christian. And to have the people who are supposed to go get Joe say, what are you talking about? I know Joe. Joe's a good guy. How can I go get Joe? Joe's a great guy. I mean, he does right all the time. He, he, he's an honorable man. See how it works? For us, it's this absolute submission that seeks to always do right. And in doing right, we will silence the others. And we don't do it just to make ourselves feel good. We do it because it's right. It's submission. There was a guy who uh, sent a check to the government for his back taxes. And uh, he sent in the check. And with the check, he put a little note. The note said this. I feel so guilty for cheating on my taxes, I had to send you this check. Then it said, if I don't feel better, I'll send you the rest. Right? It's, it's not about how we feel. You see, when difficult days come, it's going to be so tempting to want to feel better. And to feel better, to compromise our ethics, to compromise what's right, in order to just get out of the situation. Peter says, no. No, wait a minute. Honor God. Honor God. And submit to the Lordship of Christ in all things. And that means do right. Seek to always do right. He takes that principle then and he applies that into relationships uh, in the world. And so the first stop he makes on that tour is he talks then about, about servants. If you look at the next one, he talks about us being willing to submit to servanthood in spite of difficult days. We've got some folks with us this morning who are, are uh, those folks who are standing up for Christ in a difficult situation over on the other side of the world. They're, they're serving over in uh, East Asia uh, where it's a restricted area. That means it's a place where you can't just go out and talk about Christ wherever you want to go. They're in restriction by the government, what do they have to do? They have to live a life of servanthood in front of everybody else so that people will see them doing right and say, I want what they have. You see, these folks are doing just what we're talking about this morning. They're, they're over there in that part of the world where it is difficult to be a follower of Christ. And the only way you can tell people about Christ is by living your life in doing right in submitting to servanthood. Peter goes to slaves, servants. He says, servants, you must obey your master and always show respect to them. Do this, not only those who are kind and thoughtful, but also those who are cruel. God will bless you even if others treat you unfairly for being loyal to him. And then he throws out an interesting insight. You don't gain anything by being punished for some wrong you have done. But God will bless you if you have to suffer for doing something good. What did he just tell you? Doing right doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. It's servanthood. Doing right doesn't mean that, that it's always going to be, you know, just a walk in the park. You will suffer for doing right. You will be persecuted and insulted for doing right. People will not be hanging out with you. Why? Because you're the one that always does right. But guess what? That's what you're called to do in servanthood to Jesus Christ. Do right 
in spite of the difficulty. That's what servanthood is. If, if you just do something good, you know, and, and think, great, good, all that. Paul's saying, look, when you stand up for Christ, God will continue to bless. You see, we believe that God continues to work even in those difficult situations. And, and notice how he ends it in verse 21. After all, God chose you to suffer as you follow in the footsteps of Christ, who set an example by suffering for you. What's the point? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ who has surrendered your life to Christ and his lordship, you should expect, you should expect suffering. Why? You're walking in his footsteps, aren't you? Isn't that it? I mean, you know, I mean, if, if you're going to say, hey, I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to, I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, and so I'm going to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, and man, I, I love that when it was Palm Sunday, and everybody's saying, praise the Lord, you know, son of David, Hosanna, oh, that's a good footstep to walk in there, or I'm going to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, man, I love it when he turned out water into wine, it was party time, I love that, that's good stuff. The question is, are you ready to walk in the footsteps of Jesus when those people in his hometown grabbed him and dragged him out to a cliff and wanted to throw him off the cliff? Are you ready to walk into the footsteps of Jesus when people were spitting on him and insulting him because he was doing right for the kingdom of heaven? Are you ready to walk in the footsteps of Jesus when things aren't so easy? You see the difference? You see, Peter is telling us, look, surrender to servanthood. Servanthood means doing right. And sometimes when you do right, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hurtful. But that's what you do when you walk in the footsteps of Jesus. He showed you. He did it. He showed you how to walk those footsteps. And we're called to do the very same thing. Now, you ready? What he does next is he takes this principle of servanthood and submission and he applies it now into a very personal relationship. He applies this now into our relationship of marriage. Okay? You ready? He starts with wives, and then he goes to men. He says, wives, if you are a wife, you must put your husband first. Who goes first, wives? Oh, that was really overwhelming. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Really, really felt a conviction there. Yes, I'm going to do what Peter said. Husband goes first. Isn't that what he just said, though? Are you listening, wives? If husband goes first, what position did you just take? Second place. Amen. See what he's laying out? If you're going to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, you got to be ready to put other people first. And in your marriage, it means, wives, you put your husband first. They get first place. You, you live your life honoring them. You live your life lifting them up and building them up. You live your life trying to make their life everything that God wants it to be. That's what he's saying. Listen, wives, you, you put your husband first. And, and even if he opposes our message, so he's not even talking about, look, this is just two Christians together. He's saying, wives, this is just it. Even if you're married to a non-Christian, why? Well, you will win him over by what you do. It's our witness. You see how he takes that and he applies this principle that says, look, behave right, do right, 
do right, do right. Why? It's your witness, and that's how you're going to win some. And he applies this right into your marriage. If you're married to a non-believer, look, just keep doing right. Live your faith openly in front of them. And that's the message they're going to get, right? Notice he says, no one else will have to say anything to him because he'll see how you honor God and live a pure life. Important thing here. Notice he says you're supposed to keep honoring God first, right? I mean, God is our first surrender. Too many times in relationships where there's one spouse who's a believer and one's a non-believer, the believing spouse withdraws from being part of the community of faith in the church. Why? It's too hard otherwise, right? Too hard. Pay too big a price at home if I get up and go to church all the time. Pay, pay too big a price at home if I go to Bible study all the time. You've got to understand, that's your witness. That's how you're going to win them. You've you got to be able to say, I'm going to honor God above all things. That's your witness, you see? And if you just keep doing that, yeah, it's going to be hard. Guess what? Following in the footsteps of Jesus is sometimes hard. And when you apply that in your relationship, you're married to a non-believer, you've got to do what is God-honoring, and that's how you win them. And you keep serving them because you serve God. Understand? Now, guys, you feeling pretty good right now? Guys, got to sit up in the chair, feeling pretty good? Okay. Now Paul turns to the guys, okay? If you're a husband, you should be thoughtful of your wife. Treat her with honor. What does that mean? You're supposed to honor your wife. You're supposed to lift your wife up, right? If you just lifted your wife up and you made her the most important thing, what place did you just take? Second place. Did you hear that? Second place. You're here to honor your wife. You're here to lift her up as the most precious gift God has ever given to you in your, in your experience on this earth. You're here to adore her and honor her and see that she becomes the woman that God wants her to be to fulfill everything that God wants in her life. You lift her up and you take second place. See what he just did to both husbands and wives? Submit, submission to second place. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for you. It's exactly what he did for you. On that day when he was whipped and beaten, he was putting himself lower so that you could be raised up higher. On that day when nails were being pounded into his hands and into his feet, what was he doing? He was putting himself lower so that you could be lifted higher. Do you understand the principle of submission? If Jesus Christ could do this for you, he asks you to do it as well in all of your relationships. And that means in your marriage, you honor your spouse and you lift them up and you put them higher and you serve them in submission voluntarily, willingly, joyfully, the opportunity to serve. There was a young couple getting married, and uh, they had the rehearsal night. You know, we do the rehearsal and then the wedding the next day thing. And uh, so they're doing the rehearsal, and everything went just fine. And uh, the, the groom took the pastor off to the side when the rehearsal was just wrapping up and everything. They'd gone through everything. And he took the pastor aside, and he said, Now, Pastor, he said, I want to make a deal with you. He said, When it comes to that part in the vows, you know, where you're supposed to love, honor, and obey that stuff, look, could you just kind of drop that out of my part? You know, I, here's a hundred bucks. 
Okay? Here's a hundred bucks. Just kind of drop that out of my part. Okay? Pastor took the hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. Took the hundred bucks. Next day, wedding came. Couple's up there. They're facing each other. Time for the vows. The bride says her vows, of course. Then he goes to the husband and says, uh, you know, okay, time for the vows for you. And he turns to the groom and he says, will you promise to bow down before her? Obey her in every command and wish. Serve her breakfast in bed every morning of your life. And swear eternally before God and your lovely wife that you will not ever look at another woman as long as you both shall live. Groom, kind of in a tiny voice, said, yes. Then he leaned over to the pastor and said, hey, I thought we had a deal. (laughs) The pastor said, here's your hundred bucks back. She had a better offer. You see, when you get into submission, you'll find out this is the best. This is the best offer. Lifting each other up, the excitement and the joy of looking for the opportunity to build your spouse up. Now, Peter won't let us rest just there and say, okay, we've we've understood servanthood and, and submission within our marriage. He then takes it and he applies this into the rest of our relationships with kind of this broad stroke at the end of this section. And he says, look, this is how it works for we Christians. Because Jesus submitted for us, we submit for others. We just submit to others. We're always looking how we can build up other people. He says, finally, all of you should agree and have concern and love for each other. You should always be kind and humble. Don't be hateful and insult people just because they're hateful and insult you. Instead, treat everyone with when they're talking about you at the water cooler, when they're talking about you in the parking lot, when they're talking about you at this little gathering off in another part of the office or wherever you are, he's saying, look, walk with a smile and treat everybody as absolutely as kind and generous as you can. Why? That's your witness. That's your witness. That's what's going to silence them and humble them and bring them to a place in their life where they ask the question, wait a minute, I want what they got. Is this the way I'm supposed to live? I'd rather live that way. Peter wants us to understand it's not going to be easy. Submission is never easy. And when difficult days come, it's always easier to look for the quick way out and compromise our ethics. But Peter calls us to just say, look, submit yourself to the Lordship of Christ. And when you submit, it means you walk in the footsteps of Christ and you seek to do right. And in doing right, you honor God in all things and you put other people above yourself. It is the life of submission in attitude and in action and in relationship. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We ask that you would help us to learn this lesson. It's such a hard one for us to be able to uh, just live that life of submission. First and foremost, to submit absolutely to you as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. But because we do, to submit in all circumstances to whatever it is you desire, 
And that means being kind and honoring other people. That means serving our spouses. That means doing whatever it takes to do what's right according to your word and your teaching. And we ask that you would bless us in this like you promised through Peter, that in doing right that you would put your hand upon us and that you would bless us even the most most difficult of places. We ask, help us to walk in all the footsteps of Jesus, not just the ones we like, but to walk in all of those footsteps because we know we're strangers and aliens in this world. And this is our opportunity to live that powerful life that honors you and glorifies your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.